It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're getting into the holiday special spirit. Yeah, this is where Chris, if he wanted to get into the post-production of the show, he would put in the jingle bells, just jing, jing, jing. But actually, I don't want to because you should tell me this beforehand because we're recording this live, as you know, for now. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, Brazil's Comic-Con, as CCXP, as some call it, uh, could have tons of good announcements next weekend. I, yes, I, we could wish... and us- usually does. Yeah, it's a sleeper Comic-Con in December, mm. uh, by all means. So very excited about that. We'll talk about what we're expecting, and or season one gets reviewed on this show, this episode today. Finally, and Chris more. got on top of it during yes. the holiday weekend. Yes, the holiday week, uh, actually. Uh, I was going to say, um, happy post-Thanksgiving to everyone who's listening to the show today. Hope everyone had a good holidays uh, with their, their family, had a good spread of, of, of delicious food. Uh, I do have to say, uh, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. I may sound a little congested. I also have a cough drop in my mouth. Um, over the week, I, my wife and I were struck with the flu, uh, both on separate days. So we are one day, she is one day ahead of me in terms of recovery, and I am one day behind. So uh, we missed out literally on any large events. Uh, we barely, um, we spent minimal time with family and around people to recover. So uh, in that interim, while we were literally... Um, Dealing with body aches and uh, chills and the like, we were literally binging Andor on TV, Mike. So uh, this it definitely it took a little illness to get us to sit down and watch this finally. So I, you I, were playing Pokemon too, and the I was of all that. I'm sure of it. Well, I was. Yeah, I, I've got one of those huge bean bags. You know, like those like adult size bean bags. Ooh, kind of the thing. love sacks. Not a love sack, but like uh, the the Amazon version of a love sack, if you will. Okay. Um, and I literally just like have like my body imprint on it and I would like lay down on it with a blanket my switch and play it or take a nap while I was recovering so it was fantastic but but we did watch we did we did wake up at like nine in the morning and we were like we can't fall back to sleep let's uh let's go watch Andor for the rest of the day and and, and knocked out literally a whole season in 24 hours so it was, it was pretty fun um but yes I am I'm recovering from from sickness so I, I apologize uh, ahead of time if that comes through on this secondly mike um i do want to give a shout out we are testing a new artwork on our show today you talk about pre-production i'm gonna talk about post-production here um <laughs> we have new uh, avatars we're testing new gifts so if you get a chance please head over to our youtube channel superhero slate on youtube and check this out while we're we're testing out mike thank you for drawing those and yeah i know it's not done yeah. but it's it's fun to see them i'm i literally gonna watch them as we record react to our Man, voices it- the the production side of things, just in, independent production in general, has just been fascinating me lately. I mean, I know we're not really using artificial intelligence at all in this. We're just using kind of a simple yes or no if somebody's talking, you know, play this animated GIF. But I have just been, like, fascinated with um, 
just AI in general, like to the point where like now on TikTok, there is a voice filter, which basically like interprets your voice and lays over like, not just like a high pitched, like, oh, it turns you into a chipmunk. Like it it gives you like a different voice. So it's, it's nuts. Like every, every like a friend I have that's on TikTok, it's like using this voice filter and it's just like, will I ever be able to hear your normal voice again? Mm -hmm. Cause people are just so excited to use it. I sent, I sent this uh, to you just the other day, but I saw somebody was using AI to make their own concept art for a prequel to Black Panther. And, you know, these AIs have so many more tools now where it's not just you type in a prompt, but you can feed it, you know, suggested you imagery. It. Yeah. Yeah. So they were casting John Boyega in a role. So, you know, they're they're feeding the AI pictures of John Boyega, then saying like, oh, like something along the lines of like, oh, put like, you know, tribal face tattoos on John Boyega, you know, put him in like an African setting with, you know, similar like, mm-hmm. you know, garb. And it's pretty, it's pretty convincing. Like the, the number one way to determine, at least right now, if something is AI is look at the hands and the fingers, yeah. like just like a real artist who struggles with hands and fingers, AI doesn't quite understand that we have, you know, five on each yeah. hand and they're, they usually just turn into like a weird, like mm-hmm. meat like meat mallet at the end. So if you're ever curious if something is AI, see if you can look for a hand. Because it it looks really good. It looks, I mean, I wouldn't, I would say probably, you know, looking at like, you know, comparing it to boss logic, right? He, he's someone who, who uses his manual skills uh, to create Mm -hmm. really, really good lifelike, lifelike concept art and and fan imagery. The AI stuff on, on this thread that you shared and and was, was really convincing. And I, I think is going to, test the limits of what people believe on um like announcements for like movies and tv shows right you like everyone's like oh yeah we're excited for this black panther prequel show with john boyega and you're like actually that was somebody's you know uh ai concept <laughs> that they did together like it looks real doesn't it, it looks really good but yeah no it's not because it's, it's not just one photo it's like a, a thread like at least what maybe 20 images or so yeah uh, and i think what's really important is the context too like yeah. the very first image in it which i'm pretty sure isn't ai generated because the person seems to be some sort of digital artist as well mm-hmm. is a like a fake logo mock-up which I, ais aren't super great at that so that looks like that was probably manually made so it's all about context and i wouldn't be surprised if like filmmakers will be using ai a lot more when like pitching to studios right you know obviously when you're um pitching a marvel movie you have visual development artists there that you pay that can make anything that you've ever dreamed of you know down to the little pixel perfection right but if you're just like a rando out in hollywood like pitching to a studio you don't have to necessarily go out and hire an artist anymore feed some good prompts to an AI and then you can kind of give these producers and executives more of a visual idea of what you want to do instead of just like finding comps out there on the internet of like oh well mm-hmm. I want it to feel like Indiana Jones so instead of actually showing them yeah. a picture of, of Indiana Jones which is something really really rare you know you don't want yeah. to compare your possible movie to, to one of the best movies of all time right but well I think uh, I think a pitch <laughs> I think a pitch man would be like yeah I have like this is the next Indiana Jones but like it's it's this stuff is really, really cool because if it, you know, if it can take off, like, you know, we might, I don't think we should replace concept arts. I think they're the ones taking such realistic, but I think people could sell their idea better. Like what you're saying, right? Like, Hey, look, I had this idea for this show about the first black Panther. Here's my fan cast and here's what I want it to look like. Oh, this is a pretty good, you know, pitch deck for this show 
honestly mm-hmm. right out the gate without having anybody signed in. I think the one thing that got me was the, the, the first image is the logo. Yes, the second image is actually using recasting, or I guess re, not recasting, taking Brian Tyree Henry from Eternals and reusing him as Fastos in this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I have, actually didn't think about that either. Like, yeah, he would technically kind of be there. Actually, I'm going to put yeah. this in our in our, uh, show, in notes. our show notes. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, c- come on over to our show notes this week. Uh, check it out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But this is a long, long-winded yeah. way of saying one day we will entirely automate the podcast. Mm-hmm. We will just feed it news prompts and uh, ingest yeah. its or, opinions from yeah. us, and we just won't have to record it. We'll hit a button, and That's we'll just right. lay back. We'll just do the show notes, and uh, uh, Michael just come in and add some random flavor text, and we'll we'll call it a show. Uh, yep. Do that. Well, I, if not, worst case scenario, we'll just film ourselves with video, rotoscope over us, and feed it into the the other system oh you sent me to. So we can talk yes, about that. We'll I, don't, about, I, yes. I, don't, I don't want to jump yes, ahead. Yes, end but, of the show. We'll talk yeah, about that. I'm so yeah. excited to talk about that. Did well, you watch? I, I, I did I'll watch ask it, you if yeah. you watched the video. I did okay, watch great, it. Yeah, great, yeah, great, great. Yeah. Awesome. This is going to be a fun episode. we got yeah. lots of fun things to uh, talk about. But before we jump into the news, Chris, what have you what have you been watching so, on this uh, yeah, on so, this uh, time of the year? So I jumped in and bought some cheap 4K discs while like sets that were on sale before Black Friday and before a holiday week. One of those, again, is the... Uh, newest release version, the 4K version of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which comes with a one hour extra of footage that was cut from this movie. Apparently when John Hughes filmed it, it was like a three hour and 30 minute original cut of the film. <laughs> that's uh, like an epic. <laughs> yeah. And, and it wasn't because it was like, it had like a bunch of important stuff. It's just because that's how John Hughes, he, he'll write and he'll film and he'll write and he'll film like while he's doing everything at the same time, it ended up with this long stuff and cut it down. Um, so a lot of this missing footage from this is is there, including what I always tell people. I'm like, I think the one of the worst parts about this movie is um, uh, the wife, right, who's at home, and you're like, why is she so sad? Why is she like upset this whole time? Like he's trying to get, like her husband's trying to get home for for, for Thanksgiving through any means necessary, even putting up with Del Griffith, and um, come to find out, there's a whole sub scene where she doesn't believe Del's a real person that 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 steve martin's having an affair with her and that's why she's acting uh, that way but all that, that was cut sense. all that was cut out because of you know time it's a comedy right you don't need a three and a half hour comedy movie um so a lot of that was cut out and you know the stuff that remains is fine it, it, it works it shows the emotion but like i'm like oh okay so a lot of the stuff there there's you know a scene of john candy eating a hot dog and smoking a cigarette at the same time kind of thing like i'm like oh this is classic john candy stuff so um, I, I think that if you're a big fan of that movie, the 4K with the extra hours is a must-have. You you got to watch it. I can't find it on YouTube yet, but maybe in like a year or something, they'll probably slip some of that stuff online that you could get. The other movie I got is I really, really wanted to see uh, Dune uncompressed, right? Like Because, you know, mm-hmm. when you stream it, it, it is 4K, it's fine, but you're getting a compressed version because you have to send this over the internet. Um, the disc versions are uncompressed, full full audio, full video, so I was able to pick up Dune, and let me tell you, that that movie is still a a really good experience. Despite the fact it's like half a movie, um, it's still a really good experience uh, on on a 4K Blu-ray. So if you have a a nice TV set, or you're you're upgrading this Black Friday, this holiday season, and you want something to really kind of push the limits of of what's out there, the new 2021 Dune um, movie is definitely... Was it 2021? It was last year, yeah, right, Dune? Sure. <laughs> sure. The newest Dune movie, not the original Dune movie, is going to push that limits. And I know they're filming the second one right now, so maybe you'll... I mean, I, I think having both of those is going to be a must-have for people who really like to 
test audio and video fidelity on their system. So um, hi- highly recommend both of those if, you, if you're that. Also, what I love about them is they all come with digital code. So if you are a stickler for digital, you can still watch it on digital if you want and have the disc later. Uh, but you you watched two movies here. Don't don't ruin the first one for me, um, because you, you're more into the Christmas movies already, more, way more yes. than I am. We haven't got that far yet. Uh, like I said, we're, we're we're still recovering. So I want I'm, the first one is on my Christmas watch list post Thanksgiving. So don't spoil it. But the other one I don't care about uh, already. I can I can tell by the name. <laughs> so oh, Chris, I <laughs> go ahead and let you me will be surprised here momentarily. So if you need uh, another use for your Apple Plus subscription, because it's been a minute since there's been a season of Ted Lasso, and who knows when season two of Severance is going to be uh, hitting the streaming service? Mm-hmm. It's a new holiday movie called Spirited, starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And uh, I be- I won't reveal anything, but I think most of the the plot of the movie is revealed in the trailers. This is kind yeah. of like um, a Christmas, kind of like a more modernized uh, Christmas Carol. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is kind of the modern Scrooge, if you will. And uh, one thing I didn't know about it is this is a, a musical. There is like large musical numbers with big dance segments. Uh, the songs are nice, uh, catchy, and I wouldn't mind throwing the soundtrack on my kind of like Christmas music holiday uh, playlist. So I'm sure the soundtrack is on Spotify. I haven't quite tracked it down yet, but I could I could recommend. I bet it's on uh, Apple Spirit. Music. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, uh, Spirited, I would recommend it. It, it seems a little long. I, I it, it felt long, at least. I think it only comes in at about two hours, so not really all that much. But uh, speaking of things getting cut, since um, um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, there is like a whole like dance number that they did cut from the movie that they're nice enough to tack it on in the in, in, the, in the credits of the oh, film. Really? So you kind of get to go back and watch it. And it's kind of funny because uh, Will Ferrell's about to break out into song and dance, and his boss tells him, like, no, 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 we're not doing that right now. So he says, okay, everybody wrap it up, and then the plot moves along. And then it turns out, oh, there was a whole dance number that was happen, was happening, and they did record, so they tack it on to the end. So, And it was a lot, too. I mean, talk about, like, you know, quote-unquote, like killing your babies mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, screenwriting, they just chuck that whole segment out. So I'm glad. So stick tune. So stick around stick for the tune. credits. Yes. I mean, stick to the credits and watch it. So yeah, yeah. I could recommend Spirited. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, and then Chris, you are just you're not prepared. You are not prepared no, for not. this last movie. Do you know anything about the film? No, uh, other Holly than, and the Hot Chocolate. Other than what your wife has posted on Facebook, no. <laughs> so this 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 is wild. Okay, so let me preface this with saying, if you don't already know, the last couple of weeks on the podcast, I've been saying we've been watching some of the really schlocky, just churn and burn Christmas movies this holiday season, right? The ones that come to the Hallmark Channel, the Lifetime Channel, the super cheap ones that Netflix dumps in uh, end of October, you know, November. And, you know, even though the holiday season has kind of unofficially, officially started after Thanksgiving, I still, I can't, I'm like addicted to these films. So after we watch Spirited, uh, you know, eat some Thanksgiving leftovers, hop back on the couch, and I see on my Roku home screen over next to all of my channel icons, you have that right side banner with the movie poster that says, Holly and the Hot Chocolate. The poster, I can tell you, looks just as cheesy and as any of the other uh, cheap Christmas movies that have been turned out, right? You know, you have the love interests. It's all red and Christmassy. And you have the sweet name, too. 
and then weirdly enough, Chris, you you wouldn't believe this, but this film is available exclusively only on QVC Plus. That is they, correct. They have they have their own. They the shopping channel has their own streaming network. Exactly, QVC, which I believe is also owned or connected to HSN because their logo was on the poster as well. Have their own streaming service. So I was like, oh, we gotta watch this. So I hit play. First red flag, Chris. Only an hour long. <laughs> like, how often does that happen? Usually they kind of pad these out to at least 90 minutes because I guess if you're airing on cable, right, you can throw well, in some commercials. And I think it, it has to do with Screenwriters Guild too, right? Or, or like Actors Guild. Like it has to be over a certain length to to get credits in, in the yeah. SAG Afterworld anyway. And so. if, if you look this up on IMDb, I believe it is officially categorized as a like a TV movie as well. Um, TV movies, what I'm seeing here. Yes. So the biggest shock out of all of this, Chris, and no one is going to believe me after everything I just said, is this movie is legitimately good. I'm not talking about a great movie to make fun of and sit down on the couch with all your friends and turn it into a drinking game. This movie is actually funny and competent and knows exactly what it's doing. We were absolutely shocked because we went in with lowest expectations and then, bam, there's a joke in the beginning, and we're just like, oh, you know, that's kind of funny, but okay, anyone can get one funny joke out, right? And then it just keeps going. And me and my wife look at each other. We're like, through the first act of this film, we're like, is this happening? Is this movie actually good? A film made for QVC+, and we just are watching in almost amazement, right? Mm-hmm. We get halfway through the film, and I say, babe, if this movie keeps up this pace... We are going to watch this every year. It is hilarious. I'm gutturally laughing at some of the jokes. And I just, I cannot conceive what is happening. Like, this has never happened to me before, watching one of these cheesy Christmas movies. Because um, at least when you're over on Netflix, right, they're kind of getting more of a budget. They're getting a little bit more talent in the door. And you can at least kind of count on, like, mediocre to just okay. QVC plus like this is insane and I don't know anything about these home shopping networks but as I look up this movie after we watch it it's like a cinematic universe they're throwing cameos in from these people that like pitch like other things on the network like the person that runs the hot chocolate stand in this little Christmas town is a QVC host that sells things so it's even more it's a whole other level if you even watch these shopping channels which I didn't but I was glad to find out that they're even playing with that as well and it was just it was fascinating I couldn't I mm. could not I, the the feeling was so strange. We were just gutturally laughing. The jokes were popping off. There's like, not even, there's not even was, a Wikipedia page for this. It's like uh, like that's the thing. It's so small. Like it, it's yeah. it's so small that I was able to find the director and the actors on Twitter and Instagram, and I just messaged them. Like just cold, I cold like cold called them, basically saying, "Hey, this movie was really good. Good job." And they got back to me. I talked yeah. to the director and the star of yeah. this movie, and they're like retweeting me, and they're like sharing yeah. my uh, my screenshot of my uh my instagram story and it's just like this is like fascinating i feel like i'm at the beginning of something here so like the director his name is john mckeever and he has like some sketch comedy like uh, experience in his past he has some like little videos on youtube and stuff but i wouldn't say necessarily anything 
like so viral that you know it would be like a household name so like I wouldn't be shocked if this guy goes on to actually do something that we earnestly talk about maybe on the show in the future. It's just, Chris, I couldn't tell you how sidelined we were about watching Holly and the Hot Chocolate because everything on the surface of it, right, just screams like this is for your mom, right? Don't watch this. Don't waste your time. But like, I couldn't recommend this movie anymore. It's just, it's good. Like, go watch it. I don't know how you get QVC plus, you know, outside of, Roku. I mean, it was just an app for me, so I don't know. If, that's that's what like, I can. That's all I can find on it. It's on. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly. You know, if you can get like QVC Plus on your Xbox or no, PlayStation. It's, it's only I don't on know Roku. The deal. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing was though, when the movie's over, you are presented with like an interactive screen to buy said hot chocolate, which I thought was really really funny. So it's now uh, on commercial. So, Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's, so just just bra- just bravo. Like and like I almost think you got to give equal credit to whoever at at uh, QVC was in charge of this movie to just let this let these funny people do something funny because all, uh, the writing was on the wall, right? As soon as this movie was probably like kicked off that this was just going to be forgettable. But yeah, I, I was not expecting to be talking about this at the beginning of our podcast where we're next going to be talking about Avatar, the way of water. But yeah, Holly and the hot chocolate. Would you even believe it? Go watch it, folks. It's pretty dang funny. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I'm not going to watch this, but I love your enthusiasm. Oh, nice. Chris. I, I'm, I'll be recommending it every year. Yep. I'll probably do like probably do like a whole like Twitter breakdown thread of it next mm-hmm. year just to remind people how good it is. But okay, uh, go yeah. check this out. You have, Weird. You have, you have Weird. That, yeah. <laughs> but that, that means it is time for the holiday season to watch Christmas movies. So if you have any holiday movies you like, uh, whether that be – um die hard muppet christmas carol whatever you have send them our way i want to know what you guys are watching um i always get excited um uh, you know today i was sitting there uh at lunch and i saw the commercials for the um the rankin and bass uh rudolph right uh, mm. i'm like ah oh, those are coming up those are my favorite and then my other one that i always forget mike and i want to tell you this do you know there are two charlie brown christmas specials there are two um uh no i know one of them or no, I'm thinking of the Thanksgiving one. No, right. I'm not. Yeah. So not there's there's always familiar. the one right with the small Christmas tree, um, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, what was that? Um, I forget what that one's called. Um, but the uh, the other one is it's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown, where he's put in charge, or he's not put in charge of a play, but his sister joins a play and she has to say hark, and she doesn't say it. She says hockey stick instead, and ruins the whole play. Um, but I think he's going around trying to sell stuff from his collection to buy gloves. Uh, mittens for as a Christmas present for his, his little crush. So uh, there are always two Charlie Brown Christmas things. I don't think they're airing them this year. I think you have to get them on Apple. Another pitch for Apple on our show. So <laughs> um, yeah, if you have any, send them our way. I want to know. I want to know what you're watching. Even if it's Holly and the Hot Chocolate, you can send, send them our <laughs> way. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, so let's jump into uh, theatrical releases for this month, Mike. Um, Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, did not know this, that tickets weren't on sale, but tickets are now on sale for this movie, by the way. So if you're looking to watch that when it drops, um, go ahead and check that out. But apparently uh, this movie is theorized, rumored, kind of confirmed maybe from James Cameron to have cost around $400 million to make this movie. Ooh, quite the budget. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of blue people on it, right? I, I saw another uh, commercial for this on TV uh, near near the, the 
the Rudolph thing, I'm like, man, there's a lot of blue people on there. Uh, and so very, very CGI heavy. So um, that means that this has to be like the seventh, uh, maybe, no, maybe it was like the, the fourth or fifth highest returning movie this year to, to make a profit back on this because that's 400 million to make. That doesn't include marketing costs, right? Or anything else. So uh, it's probably going to be like 800 million uh, total when it's all said and done. So it's going to have to make a lot of money. Uh, I don't think it'll be a problem, but the other big yeah. part of... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, obviously, this this movie does need to turn a, a profit, but I think maybe a little unlike maybe some of the other properties that other studios might put out is they can almost rest a little bit more on kind of the third-party sources of revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want a box office return, but Avatar's in a theme park. They're going to sell a ton of toys. You know, there's other licensees and sponsorships that can go along with Avatar, like any movie Disney does, right? But I feel like Avatar is kind of like this next big merchandising juggernaut for it. So uh, it's kind of one of those things where, like, if we see, like, maybe a mediocre or underwhelming box office return, it might not necessarily be a nail in a coffin Mm -hmm. for Avatar moving forward because it has those other underlying features. Yeah, I think the only reason it would be a a quote-unquote nail in the coffin for the fourth one, right, the third one's already pretty much done, would be Mm. – a, a, a super super low return like like if mm-hmm. it if it had like maybe a big opening weekend and like what we talked about no legs right nobody went and saw saw it, it just it just maybe capped out around two hundred thousand like black adam numbers right like it, people would be mm-hmm. like oh this is bad this is not good even if it had the other stuff so i don't think it will the other thing with avatar that made it so big and i believe if you look at box office mojo it shows you 75 percent of the revenue i believe is overseas for this mm-hmm. mo- for the first movie, so it's not America it's relying on. Uh, however, uh, unlike every other Disney movie this year, pretty much this one has secured a release in China, uh, which is huge because they were I think a quarter of a million dollars of of the original one last last time the first one came out, um, and no other Disney movie I know this year or even since Black Widow, uh, you know, Marvel movie you know, has has even gone over there. So uh, I think I think that's 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 big for that. But I also find it ironic that this was the only movie to do that like days after Bob Iger has been reinstated as running Disney, um, God. which we yeah, haven't I talked mean, that... about that, we, that, which was happened after the show last week. But I like, this is the timing of this is very, very peculiar. Overall. Yeah. Well, like timing seems to be everything with this Bob Iger story. Yeah. If we want to just take a tangent here for a second, mm-hmm. uh, because I I know it's just kind of kind of a conspiratorial thinking in my head, right? But it seems like Bob Iger dipped for the perfect amount of time, right? You know, he launched this streaming service, Marvel's at the height of its powers. Star Wars is finally starting to see like uh, a light at the end of the tunnel with uh, Mandalorian. And uh, the the kind of the elites out there in the world get the get the newsletter a little bit before the rest of us, you know, that a pandemic is coming along the way. And I think Iger is just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to step out here. This seems mm-hmm. like a good time to maybe lay low and give the job to somebody else. And then I, I, I am of the opinion that no matter who was in the CEO seat at Disney, like the last two or three years was just not going to have a good time no matter what. Uh, I mean, the whole company is is built on theme parks and entertainment, and those two things took 
weird so, hits, right? Theme parks obviously took a big hit during the pandemic, but streaming services saw this artificial inflation, right, of all these people staying at home subscribing, and they start going back out into the world. Everyone starts unsubbing. The markets panic and freak out, and now people pretend that streaming services are like, you know, like about to be like buried six feet under, which is like not the truth. So it's like, Bob Iger gets to return the glorious I, victor. It's just I, funny to me. It's just, well, it, it's I, interesting. I, I I disagree. I think Bob Chapek is a businessman and not a, a, a personality, right? Like we never said anything good about him the day he started, whether we, we knew it or not. I, I think they could have found someone to do it better as someone who goes to the, the parks in Florida, the changes he instituted, pandemic or not like even without the pandemic like this genie plus pass or whatever it's called everything he's done has just been a a a fucking nightmare like as we're like planning to go within like in in four weeks i'm like everything that we did two or three years ago completely changed by that by his his demands so i i disagree i think he's um i think he was a bad person but i also know bob Iger wanted to retire well before um the streaming thing, but that was like when that came about, he's like, Oh, yeah, I want to see this through. You can go back and look where he's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll stay like two more years to get this all up and going. But since his, he's come back, I think, you know, people maybe, I wouldn't say maybe whole countries are maybe more assuaged that he's like, Hey, this guy's back. We know he can do business. He can turn numbers. He can do stuff that we want to do. Is that okay? Um, yeah. So I guess I, you just, I guess you just can't underestimate the interpersonal. Uh, um, just dealings yeah. between actual humans at like the top echelon business levels, right? So I think okay. sometimes we always just break it down to like spreadsheets and numbers. But yeah, sometimes the person in charge it does make a lot yeah. more the, um, yeah. meaning than you think it is. And I think the biggest thing that I've seen a lot of articles have, have, have called out is the, the Black Widow deal, right? Where Scarlett Johansson had to litigate against disney because of the digital release because she wasn't mm-hmm. brought in on that plan despite you know her being part of this movie the whole time uh, so so chavik was just like didn't bring her in didn't talk to her so when people have speculated if Iger was there he would have like talked her through it right built her up brought her into it made sure she was aware knew what she was getting out of it and um wouldn't have had that issue so they think that was like the biggest I guess black mark or maybe the downfall of him about, you know, was that a little year and a half ago, maybe when that, that came out. So um, definitely not a good, not, not a good run. I think no matter what we, what we think he did not have a good run in his a few years there at Disney. But I, I think, I think we're, we're, we're both happy. Um, this is back, even though he's like, I think it's what um, two years right now that he's back for. So um, anyway, Avatar, the way of water, uh, coming out next year, I I didn't buy tickets yet, Mike. I know you probably haven't bought your tickets, so um, if yeah, Decem- December is always really weird uh, yeah. uh, for us. We have uh, birthdays and other holidays in that month, so yeah, you have to kind of plan accordingly around there. So Chris, so Chris and I kind of talked a little yeah. bit off mic last week about this, saying you know we're gonna have a. Uh, holiday uh, interruptions at the end of December, like usually for the podcast. So what we might be doing is coming back fresh in the month of January with a bit of an avatar extravaganza, if you will, where we rewatch the first one, watch the new one. We'll talk about it all on the show. We'll lay it all out there. 
give your ears a little bit of a uh, blue joy. And you know, it also might take you a little while to go watch it. Some people might be waiting till Christmas day, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like traditions in a lot of households to go see this film. And you know, we don't want to spoil anything or get ahead of it. So yeah. just it's, that might be yeah. how it shakes down. So if you don't see avatar, and, you know, right on the 16th or 17th that weekend, I mean, wait until yeah. the new year. It'll be like a little surprise. Yeah. And, and like we, we have, you know, we talked about again off air. Avatar is really not in our superhero wheelhouse. It's fun. It's, 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 it's definitely something in the zeitgeist, but not in the superhero wheelhouse. So we, we feel okay not covering it the day of, because like, again, I could just say, I'm going to Disney. I'll be at Disney the weekend, or I guess I'll be back in time for that of the week. But Christmas is on a Sunday, which is when we normally record. So we're probably doing that this year so but we'll, we'll we'll keep you guys posted as we get closer to the holidays uh something a little little close to my heart mike here is transformers uh, rise of the beast because it will be the first live action debut of the beast wars right the maximals the predacons and here uh as is tradition merch leaks the first look at all this stuff before we <laughs> even get a trailer so the first mug coffee mug here uh found a source shows the Maximals, including Optimus Primal. Uh, he may not be Optimus Primal. He may just be Primal. Uh, Rhinox, Cheetor, and Air Razor uh, in their beast modes coming up for this. Uh, it's just, it's. I mean, yeah, they look like the animals, but like if these were behind the, you know, the the glass in a zoo, you'd be like, what the hell is well, wrong with that ape? What did they do to that guy? <laughs> yeah, and well, and that's the thing, you know. Again, Beast Wars was set in the prehistoric era where humans weren't, so they didn't. They, they look like animals, but they didn't have to. I think this is cool. I've seen the toy of Air Razor myself, like um, and, and some other things. They're going with a steampunk approach to some of these um these designs here with with like Air Razor. So. My- I'd be excited to like, see him. I feel like my pitch would be, uh, I don't really want to watch it. Weirdly enough, I don't want to watch a Transformers movie kind of without a human in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to watch realistic CG robots, you know, for two plus hours. Yep. So they got to have humans in it somewhere, right? But any modern human with, like, a phone or the internet, you know, they're going to, like, kind of, like, debunk this right away or know kind of exactly what's going on. Yeah. This isn't normal. But if you set this maybe in almost a little bit of a pre-technology era, right? You know, you could see somebody like walking down like a cobblestone alley or something, like seeing like this robotic gorilla and they, they would like run away and they would tell all their friends like, oh, I saw this. I swear I saw like a gorilla in the alleyway, you know, so and no one could really know well, exactly what they're saying I, if it's half co- covered in metal so maybe it'll maybe it'll be a bit of of a period piece it, possibly well, it's it's not we we already know what it is it's, it's got anthony ramos from into the heights and it's it's modern it's the follow-up to bumblebee i just don't think like they're not supposed to be like hidden as these animals i i want to know why they're choosing the animal forms right like obviously the cars they they choose to hide but these like you mentioned you're not hiding as these forms like um or, or maybe maybe they they're in the deep maybe they're African transform like they're in Africa kind of thing and maybe like people just don't get close enough to them out there because there's not <laughs> enough people. But I don't know. There's like, but hey, like, Cheetor, I just yeah. need you to stay 500 feet away yeah. from that safari truck. We look convincing, yeah. but not that convincing. Yeah. Oh, well, they're also you know obviously Transformers. They have more than I just I want to see them. Tra- I want to see them in action. Like again, I think you know we can't we can't base them off a of mic here, but we, I I think. What I'm going to say is, is this, you know, this movie's coming out June 9th of 2023. Is Comic-Con Brazil possibly where we're going to get some of this? Because these are now hitting stores, right? Like, 
this comic con they, they usually bring footage they they'll drop big announcements here because you know brazil's a huge market for this stuff so i think you know transformers we're seeing this mug we're seeing some of these things i've seen action figure shots of some of these i think i think maybe next week and we might be talking about a, our first teaser uh i mean mic. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We are always pretty shocked what comes out of that comic book convention. Yes. So, so that, that, that takes us into our next topic, which is, is CCXP. So uh, we call it Brazil Comic Con here. Um, I, I don't know what the CCX Comic Con something, I don't know what XP stands for. I'm not even going to try to, to look it up. But apparently um, this is Marvel Studios will have a presence there. Uh, and, you know, this is um, this is good news because we have um, three, three movies next year, at least, right, um, that I know of. Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is coming out in February. Uh, the Marvels, uh, which I put the release date down here, which I believe is July. Uh, and then um, uh, what's what's the third movie next year? Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh, in May of next year, mm-hmm. right? So we have three three big movies coming next year. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to kind of see what comes out of this. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a Marvel-only panel or maybe if it's possibly a, a Disney panel as well but uh we were we were talking off mic earlier this week that we wouldn't be surprised if there's an indiana jones trailer that's ahead of avatar so maybe that's a place that gets aired first it's funny you mentioned that because they just released i saw earlier before we we were saying up they released like six new images uh from Mm -hmm. indiana jones today i'm like Oh yeah, that trailer has got to be on the horizon, right? Like they, they um, mm. they've uh, they showed it at D twenty three, I believe, right behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, they've got to get a name in front of it. Um, people are excited. I'm kind of excited. I'm actually thinking. I'm sitting here thinking. About it. I'm like, I was like, man, that's pretty exciting for that. So, um, yeah, that could be that could be this week uh, or I guess this month, right? Uh, coming up as well. That's that's mm. a good call. So um, the other thing I think um, I don't have confirmation here, but I believe Sony is rumored to have a presence and that's going to tie into at least two of our topics coming up here in a minute as well. So, um, because, uh, despite them being in the MCU, Sony owns the distribution and announcement rights of Sony or of Spider-Man. So Marvel can't tell you when Spider-Man's coming. Sony has to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but let's first jump into, um, a bit of news here from some producers here on uh, black Panther Wakanda forever. Uh, Namor, Apparently, a solo movie still cannot happen and is not in the cards due to the shared rights with the Universal Studios uh, for Namor and uh, also the Incredible Hulk, um, right, that we've talked about before in in passing. Yeah. I mean, I liked Namor. He was probably one of my favorite parts of the the film. But also, we know I got a little craw on my side with uh, underwater (laughs) cities being a little lackluster. So I don't know. I personally was never expecting a solo Namor Mm -hmm. movie. But I mean, there's really nothing precedent that we've seen that said, you know, if they had the rights, it wouldn't have happened, right? They've introduced lots of characters before in other movies, and they go on to have their own solo films. But, um, yeah, I guess that does, because this is a fan... Wait, no, it's Namor a Fantastic Four character? Who owns the uh, rights to this one? Yeah, so Namor, um, as a solo character, is, is universal as well. So oh, uh, he's not he's not Fantastic Four. He actually debuted at, around Captain America's time in, the, in like, the 1940s. Uh, right, 30s, 1930s, 1940s. So he's he was a solo character before he had any affiliation. He's also part may- mutant, and he's been in Fantastic Four. So he was probably passed around 
several times. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder that if there's an alternate universe, right, where uh, where uh, Universal was able to get more than one Hulk movie made in a franchise, would we have seen Namor pop up in yeah. one of the Hulk sequels? And that, watching, that would have been pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> I mean, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think we've really quite seen an action set piece with the Hulk kind of in water. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen the dude swim, you know. I, it'd be fun to see him, like, kind of, like, jumping around different islands trying yeah. to, like, punch namor in the face and we could get that in the future at at the mcu it just won't be in a namor solo movie yeah so the we we think we are we are theorized we've seen some quote unquote legal documents and if we had money obviously we'd pay a legal lawyer to to an entertainment lawyer to to look at all this legal stuff but uh the universal rights might expire in uh 2023 we thought right um i believe Mm which would be 15 years after The Incredible Hulk debuted, which is uh, 2008. So if that's true, that means the Namor rights would probably go with it at the same time uh, as well. So what happened is it, this um, the shared rights affected how the film was marketed, but not how the characters used in the movie. Universal has distribution rights, not um, story rights like, like Sony does. So um, mm-hmm. literally Marvel had no qualms on how to use them and, and create them. But uh, literally how the marketing was done was, was where that affected. Which I, I couldn't have told. Unless someone told me, I would never have known this, right? Like, this is something, like, they did a great job with the marketing uh, and, and, and telling us, you know, using Namor and, and Black Panther. It's a Black Panther movie. We don't need Namor all over everything. But they did a good job with everything, I feel, at the end of the day. So, uh, fun little fact. Put that in your pocket. Use it as a water cooler next time you need it. Uh, moving into Spider-Man territory. Um this is a heavy rumor, Mike, that Spider-Man 4, the next um, Tom Holland film, has started in advanced pre-production on this movie. Ooh. So this likely indicates that a script or story is in place and concept art is being created at this time. Um, so they are working diligently to get this up off the ground. So what this probably means is that Tom Holland has signed that agreement uh, they've already got everything. You know, I, I feel like they moved on the other Spider-Mans pretty quickly. So I feel like the scripts have been written in secret, right, for a while. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of these kind of uh, these uh, legal barriers are kind of official moves, right? You can, like, pre-produce anything without the rights to it, right? It yep. just comes down to when you actually try to take ownership over it. So, yeah, they could have had this you know, done, yeah. ready to go. They just need to get the, they just need to get the paperwork signed. Right? Yep. Yep. Get all the actors in place. So the, I think, you know, there's an opportunity for a potential Comic-Con announcement from Sony this weekend. Like, Hey, uh, this is, uh, uh, we've had Spider-Man stuff come out of here before. So saying, Hey, Spider-Man four, uh, you know, and they probably would call it Spider-Man four or, you know, Spider-Man untitled, uh, uh and give it a release date of, uh, probably, we're thinking July of 2024 for this one. So that would be right around the corner, yeah. it feels. I would assume with the fourth one, they kind of break with the naming tradition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would start kind of a, a, a new trilogy. That would be actually be kind of cool because you could call it like the home trilogy and then, mm-hmm. you know, the so-and-so trilogy. So I would be down for another naming convention for the next three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, even if they wanted to go down the, the route of like, They've had, you know, Spider-Man, and then they had these home trilogy, they had the amazing movies, maybe like a spectacular, you know, kind of naming system to it or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man would be interesting. 
But um, yeah, we always the name's always the fun part. It doesn't give anything away. I feel, but um, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with this and, and, and what we, we get out of it from Sony. So if something comes up next weekend, we will be covering it next week for you. Moving on, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the other uh, big Spider-Man thing coming up. We know this is coming. It's June 2nd, 2023, Mike. We, we are coming up on the uh, the halfway point, uh, you know, six months, uh, half of a year. So uh, there's uh, been a couple images floating around. Uh, one is this new image of Miles uh, and his, his parents from the film. Uh, the rumor, uh, it's not rumors, it's confirmed that there are six different art styles in this movie as they traverse different universes. So that's really fun to know. Um, and I think with this images and the other ones kind of coming up, is a trailer imminent at Comic-Con? Is this the Spider-Man announcement they're going to bring as well um, for this? Because oh, I think that would be great yeah. to get in front of Avatar um, 2 for, for the holidays. Yeah, that's true. They, they are kind of at the uh, promotional window for the film if we're, if we're talking early, mid next year. Yeah, and since this was pushed back, what, um, almost a full year, a little less than a year, um, They've probably had. They've probably been sitting on some of that promotional stuff for a hot minute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I I'm, I want to I want to see this. I'm very very excited uh, to to see some more uh, Spider Verse uh, footage. So, um, have you have you revisited the the first one in a hot minute since? Oh, not in a hot minute, but it's yeah. probably one of the few modern superhero movies I've seen several times, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. not a big film rewatcher because there's just so much out there to watch. Who has the time to rewatch things? But yeah, yeah this lo- this looks great. Yeah. Uh, it looks it, it, it's nice to see him a little bit older, right? He's a little bit more more mature. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe one day we'll see him interact with a version of Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, or or, or maybe Tobey Maguire. Maybe they'll pull him. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the other ones, but it'd be interesting. Uh, the Marvels uh, is coming out next year, and obviously it's got the return of Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and uh, Spectrum, or Photon, whoever we're going to call Monica Rambeau's character. And this new promo material shows off all three characters in their uh, new and improved outfits for the film. Yeah, is, is this like is this a pillow? Looks what like is a pillow. Yeah, it looks like I think <laughs> it's a pillow uh, from from a from a thing. So, um, you know, obviously Brie Larson, uh, she's got her, you know, grown her hair back out uh, since in-game. So no surprise there. Her outfit looks pretty standard. Uh, Monica Rambeau is a black and white Spectrum outfit. That looks pretty cool. Or Photon. I don't know what they're going to call her in this one. Um, but that looks real. That looks really slick, that black and white outfit does, right? Uh, yeah, I wonder, if that, I wonder if that's to align a little bit more with S.H.I.E.L.D. Is she going to kind of be more still of a, uh, of a go- like a governing body agent, right? Yeah. You know, is she going to be operating underneath uh, Nick Fury I, in that spaceship we saw? Yeah, I think it was, um, was it S.W.O.R.D. maybe she was in? Yeah. Um, and that, that, that icon on her chest kind of kind of fills that in a little bit there. And then we have Kamala Khan in her upgraded outfit with her um, bangle on. But the face, I don't know if it's the pillow squishing together, but her <laughs> face looks really different. Like a different actress almost uh, in this. But um, it's, it's cool to see them all together. I'm actually very, very excited to kind of see how this ties this ties together um, a little bit. I did hear the um, leaked audio of the trailer um, from mm-hmm. San Diego Comic-Con or, or D23, whichever one it was. Uh, sounds pretty good. Nick Fury does make an appearance, so you, you called that right. Um but you know, I really, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see what this kind of looks like, kind of going forward. So um, maybe, maybe we're. I wouldn't say. I don't think we're in the promo material for this yet because this is technically after Guardians Three. We've not seen any Guardians Three stuff except for, 
you know, that holiday special. Um, so, which is a hell of a preview for Guardians 3. But, um, yeah, you can check out that link in our link here. And that's coming out July 28th, 2023. Okay, so we're in the meat of the episode now. We have two things to review today, Mike. Two things. Uh, one is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So, uh, you got a chance to watch this, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Indeed. Okay. Good. Because I couldn't remember if you said it or not. Because I asked everyone if they've watched this. So we're gonna talk um, about Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. I'm gonna go ahead and say we're just gonna talk full spoilers. So if you've not watched this like 50, 45, 50 minute, you know, uh, special presentation on Disney Plus, please go watch it and come back and listen so we can just talk full, unadulterated review about this because I think it's it's well worth watching yeah. So. yeah and we might as we might as well also just say after this we'll be uh yes. talking about Andor season one full spoilers <laughs> too so yeah use the time codes jump around where you uh need yeah. to bounce if you need to but um yeah uh, i think i think we could kind of unbury the lead here and yeah. say that at the very least we we recommend at least checking yeah. out uh one or two of these yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so again, full spoilers if anyone's still here. Uh, I, I, I like Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the holiday special. I don't love it. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I feel there is some really, really strong emotional beats in this. I think I think James Gunn writes a really good emotional beats, but the first probably third to a half of this is just fucking noise in my face. And I was like, this is too much music that is just kitschy for no goddamn reason. Um, and I couldn't, like, I was very, like, it was making me mad. I'm like, why Why is it playing all this stupid Christmas music? Like, I'm trying to, like, enjoy this. Like, the first, you know, it, it, it's bookended by animated segments. We'll talk about that separately. But then there's, like... You know, these aliens, who is obviously just a band who happens to, to learn music. I'm like, okay, there's a little kitschy intro on how the story starts. But then, like, the whole thing, until they get Drax and Mantis get to Earth into Kevin Bacon's area, everything before mm-hmm. that is just annoying as hell to me. And I can't put my finger on it. I'm like, there is just, I- it's just noise to be noisy and not really anything fun here. I think I think honestly what it is just truth be told is just underdeveloped you know we do know the story that this was kind of written very quickly almost in like kind of seems like to be a bit of a like a creative flop sweat you know when he when Gunn got the idea and it just feels like there's not a whole lot that the story is hanging on right like all of the actors and performers and the visual effects are all working and they're all really vibing with the characters. I saw some people online saying that they're very happy to kind of see the characters fully back underneath uh, James Gunn. I guess they, they're feeling a little bit more uh, familiar than they did when they were in um, Endgame or Infinity War. Um, so people are glad to be seeing that. But yeah, it just seemed like there just wasn't a whole lot going on, right? They kind of just drop out of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended, that they have purchased nowhere from the collector. So maybe we'll get a little bit more yep. background on that. And the next uh, well, apparently, installment of the Guardians. A lot of this was told so you don't have to know this going into Guardians Three. Uh, like apparently, like this is like a, a pre-watch, so you know when you watch this and then go into Guardians, so you know they already own nowhere. Apparently, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, which is fine. I, it, it, I that part doesn't bother me too much, but like. Boy, is it like exposition heavy, like right out the gate. Yeah, and it feels almost a little 
clunky in a way. Yeah. It feels like there's like kind of awkward spaces between a dialogue. It's just where mm-hmm. I feel like it, it just everything feels rough, a little unpolished, right? So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Once we kind of finally get to Earth and it becomes the Drax and Mantis show, yeah. it actually re- is really entertaining and really fun. Uh, Dave Batista is hilarious as Drax. It's like yeah. he has made that character his own. Uh, just mm-hmm. the fact that he was calling that uh, that decoration that was that little guy or I want that the, little the, the, goofy looking the, man the, the, the tiny funny man <laughs> yeah and he calls yeah. even the candy cane and man yeah. is just like this is not a man you yeah. know that right how does this this does yeah. not look like a person it just those jokes it, are really really funny to me and well Mantis they also is like really creepy jumping around oh man there's well good there's good stuff in yeah there. so so I think you know the first half is James Gunn being quirky to be quirky right like, I think he he's just like I, I need to get this out of my system here's the quirkiness and then once they get down to Earth, it's fun to see Drax beat up a Transformer or a robot. He's like, robots killed <laughs> yeah, my cousin. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So they're having fun. Like, you know, they're they're on Earth. And they get to, to Kevin Bacon's house. And they, these references you mentioned, like the candy cane and the little funny man, they pay off, right? Because literally Drax flips a police car and Mantis gives them the candy cane to, like, make them feel better. She's like, but this isn't a man, right? And they're like, no, no, it's not. She's like, I thought so. So it was, I, Pom Clemente, you know, I think as Mantis comes to life a little bit more, right? She's got more of an emotional range. Like, mind you, it's still that of a child, right? Like, she's very happy and giddy or, like, kind of, like, angry, but, like, not, like, mad, rage-filled angry. So uh, the journey to this and then, you know, using the powers on Kevin Bacon, making him, like, he talks like a British guy at one point in the ship, which is funny. It's so, like... Uh, with- when they were dogging on him being actors, he's like, just oh my a god, meta exactly. joke yeah. of actors calling themselves the worst people. I thought that that yeah. was that was good. I was I was yeah. digging that. I I think like literally once they get to Earth, like that is a beautiful point of this thing going forward. You know, and then uh, the whole set, like you know, uh, Peter not knowing that they decorated for Christmas on nowhere, and him his, you know, um, Chris Pratt's reaction to this very very it felt very good. Right, everything. Very emotional. That's like the Christmas spirit, right? Everyone's giving gifts and everyone's, uh, you know, having having a good time. And then they wheel out Kevin Bacon in a box. Uh, <laughs> I love I love awkward middle aged Groot. Um, uh, like oh, he's like I I kind of I'm calling him kind of like frat bro Groot. Yeah, because he kind of he has that big chest. It looks like he's bench he benches a lot, <laughs> he, right? And he kind of has that dumb kind of like jock yeah. energy to him. He's he's got the. He's got big group body, but baby face still. Like yeah. he's like he really has. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Uh, everything about it, like you know, in, in the back half was really felt like a, like Christmas and holiday ish. Like I really had a good time. Uh, Kevin Bacon singing the song that made with lyrics that made no sense didn't really do do me anything either. I don't know. Like I feel like that kind of took me out of the yeah. moment. At the yeah, end. sometimes. Sometimes I do get the vibe that people think if I make a Christmas song that sounds like it belongs on a Christmas playlist, it will be successful. And it's just like, no, no, no. You have to do a little bit more work than that. You can't just throw in Christmassy lyrics and Christmassy like jingle bells and it becomes like an iconic song. There's got to be a little bit more to it. And it feels like they didn't yeah. really quite get to that level. Yeah. It wasn't like you, like you said, it was... The ingredients are there, but it wasn't quite fully baked. I feel right; like mm-hmm. it still kind of needs some more time in the oven, a, a little little mixing to, to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I think I think that was overall not too bad. I enjoyed Cosmo. Right, we get uh, Maria Bakalova. She was um, 
in Borat 2, the daughter, she'll, she's the voice of Cosmo in this and oh, Guardians 3. Oh, okay. It kind of, I almost thought it was the voice actor that did the voice of Bemo in Adventure Time, oh. but once the dog talked a little bit more, I was like, oh no, it's it's not. But it kind of has that same type of almost like cadence to it, but yeah. slap a little bit more like Eastern European or, or yeah. I guess Russian onto it since it's like a Russian uh, dog. Yep, yep. So she, she's a voice of Cosmo, so that was fun to, to see them interact. Um, we get the big revelation here that Mantis and Star-Lord are brother and sister, um, which... Uh, I'd seen articles saying there was deleted scenes saying they were brother and sister and it was removed. And actually it was this scene, but they released those legends episodes early on accident. So, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm curious as to why Mantis has her powers when ego has died, but Peter does not. Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's funny that it's a revelation because I didn't, I almost kind of thought that they said this, kind of very plainly in volume two and I just didn't remember it right and it almost seems a little less special in a way of like ego was like uh quote unquote spreading he's a philanderer all yeah. over the gut yeah he, yeah he he probably has thousands of children so the fact that yeah. the fact that Peter has a sibling really is not that special yeah and I kind of just thought mantis I guess was, and I just forgot. So yeah, yeah that wasn't that big of a revelation to yeah. me, but it was kind of nice for, for him to find out like he accepted her cause she was really yeah. worried about it. And that, I would say that emotional payoff was effective for me. Yeah. It, it just was weird that that was the, at the beginning, it was that part of the awkwardness. Like, well, I want to do something special for Peter because he's my brother. Like, Oh, Oh, okay. We're doing this now. This is, this is where the story is going. The payoff was great, but the, the kickoff was, you know, kind of sloppy, I think. Um, there was some fun Suicide Squad references on the star map. Did you notice that? Um, there was oh, John I didn't, Cena. I didn't, I didn't catch that one. No. John, the actors and stuff are kind of in there a uh, little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was fun. The bar scene was fun, right? When they're getting drunk at the bar and dancing with everybody. That was, that was funny. But the, the only like little pet peeve I have about that, yeah. they, they put two montages in a row. There was a whole montage <laughs> on the star walk in Hollywood. Yep. And then they go right into a bar and there's another montage. I was like, mm-hmm. you can't put two montages right next to each other. That's not how it works. Oh, that, uh, that, so that was, I, that made me a little nervous. I was like, oh, we're about halfway through this. And they've, they're just slapping montages yeah. all over the place. But luckily it didn't end yeah. up being that big of an issue. Yeah. I, I think I, I like the, the, the drinking montage better than I like them on the street montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I think overall it's a fine thing to watch it's got the holiday spirit it's not offensive by any means but it's not of james gunn quality that i would come to expect at the end of the day yes and if uh, we have any new listeners that aren't super familiar with chris's mannerisms when he means unoffensive it means yeah. it did not hit, it did not offend, offend his me. critical personality yeah i never look at <laughs> there's not like microaggressions i'm no, worried yeah. about finding in the, in the no 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 yeah yeah if it didn't offend me means i didn't hate it um i didn't it's not like something you have to go you have to i would say you have to watch it probably before guardians 3 but like you're not going to hate yourself watching it there's a lot of fun things to be had in here even if our nitpicks are you know um valid or whatever you, whatever you like it you like it. if you don't you don't i just didn't care for literally james gunn's quirky music choices blaring yeah. in my face the whole time now that the <laughs> trick the trick here is what is going to happen the next time we see bucky 
oh, theoretically yeah. should have a different arm now because that was his most recent arm, right? That kind of Wakandan black and gold arm. Was not was that the one in Falcon and Winter Soldier, if I recall correctly? I don't remember if we got a whole lot of... Uh, so, we get... he, he, I don't think he got a new arm at the end of it, no. Um, yeah. But is so that, that his that arm from should... that, or is that the arm from whenever he dusted the first time? Because he had a oh. black and gold from when he dusted. Um, oh, actually, I, ne- I I can't believe I never really thought about that before. When he dusted in Infinity War, did his arm plop to the ground? Because uh, I feel like the gun may have fell, yeah. fallen to the ground. That's that's a good question. I'll go back know. and so watch I, that scene. But yeah. I would like a little bit more follow-up on uh, yeah. Bucky's arm. But that was really, really funny. I was like, oh, he finally yeah. got the he arm. He got the arm. He, and he was like Bucky's arm. Like He even knew the name. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> even if people hated them under the Russo brothers, look how much fun it still was, right? Like That was still mm-hmm. a, a, a paid-off a paid reference. Uh, also, the Guardian's new ship, I did want to say, is called the Bowie, uh, named after David Bowie, the one that Draxamantis flew down to Earth there. Um, yeah, it looked pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like, it looked like it was spray-painted, too. Like, maybe, like, was it, like, blue and purple or, like, a like a fuchsia and teal kind of colors to it? It was it was pretty fun. So, I'm excited to see them, um, you know, take nowhere and, and, and be in charge of nowhere and see where the Guardians are. It sounds like they're in a way better position than we saw them in one and two, right? Like as a, as a team, like they actually own a facility from the collector and they're out doing stuff with, with mm-hmm. people. So they're, very they're more, that. they're more established. Cause even, yeah. um, uh, Drax and, um, Mantis were talking up Peter as though he was like this heroic kind of old Western hero oh, yeah. that saved the town kind of vibe. So yeah. he's kind of reached this bit of a mythological mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Yeah, and then Nebula was there too, uh, you know, help him take an order. So it, it, I'm excited to see it. Very fun. So, um, yeah, overall, again, it's on Disney Plus. You can watch it. I'd, I'd recommend you watch it. I don't think there's anything offensive in here, but it's uh, uh, definitely, again, I hate to say it, it makes me hate to think of James Gunn uncontrolled. God, I don't want him uncontrolled. Uh, so, anyway. Let's jump into Andor, Mike. Let's 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 get onto this. Finally, I know you're, been you're begging. Not, yeah, you're, for twelve. Well, I guess not quite twelve. Like ten weeks now, yeah. we finally get to talk about it. You're yeah. on my level. Yeah, I, I watched the first two when they came out. Um, so I literally I was just behind a little bit, and it's fine. I followed it. I stayed up to date. Um, so Andor season one uh, is up. There's only two seasons of the show. If anyone is curious, yes, there is a season two coming. Season two is the last season, and it will end right before where Rogue One uh, starts. So mm-hmm. um, this it'll cover five years in the next season. So don't worry, there there will be another season. Um, I think what what's cool about this is if you know you're a fan of Rogue One, you're probably gonna like this. But that's because Tony Gilroy, who wrote Rogue One, also wrote the show and most of the episodes. So uh, you got. I think he was also the showrunner, um, not a director, but I think he was a showrunner as well. So if you really like Rogue One and the character and, and the story he was telling in Rogue One, this is a part of that story, right? A bigger part of that. And I will say the biggest flaw this show has, Mike, is calling itself Andor. Um, I, I think, you know, someone mentioned, oh, they should have called it Spark of Rebellion or, or something different because there is very much, very little Andor in this and a lot more other characters. And it makes it so much better once, once you know that part of it. I think telling people yeah. to watch a show about Andor or called Andor with Cat, then they're gonna think, oh, it's just Cassie Andor. Yes, but there's so many other characters that make the show worthwhile. 
the whole and time. And that through. was a bit of a problem when it came to us talking about it on the show for like the last year plus. We're like, who really wants to watch yep. a show all about Andor? But I feel like this show is almost the perfect encapsulation is some of something I say on this sh- on our podcast a lot, which is you can make anything good if 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 it's made well which kind of seems silly right if you write a good show you can make anything interesting and they did it like i think andor like i said before on the show when i was watching it is one of the best things star wars has ever made and it's and it's i wouldn't say i couldn't point to one specific thing that says oh this is what makes it one of the best it's just competent on all levels Mm -hmm. like I think one of my single favorite things about the show is just the small things that they take time to focus on to flesh out the world a little bit. And I've been trying to like hold on to these like little nuggets in my head because I knew we'd be talking about this once the show finished. And just one example is there's a guy in like this, I guess it's like a mining town. I don't know. I I didn't recall exactly what they were doing, but they all have these like work gloves, right? It's a salvage yard. Salvage yard. Yes, exactly. But they, there's this in the center of town, there's just a dude's job to walk up to like this bell tower and use these hammers to bang this like anvil. Mm. And I feel like maybe other creators would have just kind of put like a normal bell up there, but like, no, we're going to put a person up there. And not only is he hitting this anvil, like he gets into it. Like he has like a whole spiel where you can tell he walks up there every day. He's really into it. He puts a little flare behind the hammers, even though he's like hundreds of feet in the air and he knows probably no one's really looking at him. And it's just like, these little mm. things like that just go just oh. makes me think oh the person the people that are making this are really appreciating the story this isn't just something like oh let's just make something like really cool in star wars and just like you know it- rest on everything that's been created like i feel like they're just making new star wars mm. memories which is something i have not had in a while so i think what i think what you're you're trying to find that you maybe haven't put your foot on yet is that this is this the show is a a I would I would literally call a political thriller, right? Um, very mm-hmm. much in, in terms of, of genre, but like the like you there's no twists and turns. You you see everything coming. I, I feel like the, like there was no surprises, but the tension in every scene is is palpable. Like you're like oh my gosh, I'm fixated on watching this because. Um, you, you care about the characters, like you, you said, right? Like, it's the, the actor choosing, the, the writing, the interactions. Like, you care about them. Even though, um, you know, there are some time jumps here and there uh, across the show. Like, you're, like, watching, like, oh, I, I care about, like, oh, I, I really am invested in these characters. I know what's going to happen, probably. Very predictable kind of show. But, like, you still are watching the whole way through. And I think, like, the way they've, they've written that and, and even shot it, I mean, like you said... All this seems to be physical sets, right? Like, this isn't the volume anymore. All oh, these sets yeah. are real, and that, that tangibleness of it, I think, adds to the production quality of this show to in, to make you feel invested in everything. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't no. say it's a perfect show, but, like, I, damn, is it fantastic all the way through. 
breath of fresh air. I mean, I feel like even when it comes down to like the set design, I feel like even though they're creating kind of new types of Star Wars ships in the same kind of like art direction and world, they still feel new and fresh. Like I just haven't quite seen something move the way that it does. Uh, one of my favorite scenes with one of my favorite characters that Stellan Skarsgård plays is where he's trying to evade this almost kind of comically looking empire ship where Mm -hmm. there's just huge satellite dishes on the front of it, which makes me think that maybe it's like a reference to like an old toy from like the seventies or something. It's not the first time that ship's been in star Wars, uh, the arrestor class ship, which is like three super tractor beams on or something. Right. Uh, but I know exactly what scene you're talking about, but yeah, the arrestor ship has been in other star Wars media before, but it's, it's it gets a highlight uh, on its own in here. Yeah, it's just great because you know we they they know what they want to do with the scene. We need we need our character to escape the grips of the empire because everything's at stake for this character. The one thing that he can't do is get captured. It would be the worst thing possible. So we need him to escape. Now they're very lazy ways or very simpler, straightforward ways that you could get him away from this ship. But they pick probably one of the most entertaining ways to do it, and they show off how competent he is as a character. So they do something I've never really seen before when it comes to the Star Wars, like, air air fighting. Like, it's almost always predominantly... Uh, weighted on laser battles, right? Or, but or like, astero- no, like avoiding asteroids and hoping yeah. somebody runs into one. No, like he literally dumps out like the equivalent of like tax to pop tires yeah. out of the back of his ship it, and shreds the yeah, tractor beam to pieces. It's like a fletchet like, gun kind of thing. And he literally just like, it just raises up and silently fires all of these fletchet pieces right at the, the radar dish. And they're like, yeah. what the hell and just happened? Like, yeah. And it's like so smart. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you can only ever get away with that once. Like yeah. the second that that happens, the empire is going to like find a way like, well, we can't let that happen again, but yeah. he's the smartest one. He's the first yeah. one to do it. He's never going to have to do it again. And he has like these awesome freaking lasers that shoot yeah. off the side of his ship. Like Iron like Man. Like Iron has. Man and too. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so satisfying because you're just like, what's going to happen? happen here and like he gets away and it's like so graceful and i think that might be the same episode too where he has that monologue where one of his informants asks him oh what are you sacrificing and he just goes into like this soliloquy of just like i've given up everything like not just things that i want to do but things that i could possibly dream of doing in the future like my entire being right now only exists for this one cause and my I cannot my nothing else can occupy my brain or ever will like I've sacrificed everything I might as well be dead because even if I achieve what I want it's never gonna be exactly I will never what I thought it could have be you know? yeah and he's like even if we get there I will never be able to give this life up kind of thing he's like I'll never see yeah. this I'm 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 doing this for a sunrise I'll never see in the future. It, yeah, thing, it's so. just like n- like never yeah. have I co- like connected yeah. with the plight of a character in yeah. a Star Wars movie ever this yeah. much. And then we we talked about it on the show as I was watching it. They have like a high sequence, yeah. the prison escape. Wow, that was intense, thrilling, mm-hmm. satisfying, and. Um, I, I will say you you made an observation that I, I saw as well, and I, I would agree with you. Not as many aliens as yes. <laughs> we are that we are used to seeing in the Star Wars Very, universe, right? You, you, everybody's a human in this, and that's fine. I, you know, I, obviously, humanoids are going to be able to do 
the things that needed to be done, right? A heist and, and a, 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 facil- a, a jailbreak from a facility where they build things. So I'm like, yeah, it's fine. There were some, there were some nice aliens like later on, like right at the ports and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. it's mostly, you know, again, you could have probably put this story in any other universe and it would have been, it doesn't have to be Star Wars, but that makes it, I think a universal story makes it that much stronger, right? Like you don't have, it doesn't, it's not reliant on alien species. Uh, yeah we we were kind of theorizing a little bit it could be a combination of a few things you were saying it could be maybe more budgetary constraints of like oh if we have less aliens we can do more fantastical you know set pieces or action scenes um it almost to me seems like intentional in a way where maybe tony gilroy like like you said like wants to like humanize the story like a little bit more right Mm -hmm. and maybe even more so when you think about like this prison complex which has to be so meticulously run like they almost like couldn't have such grip and authority over a complex if they have to worry about different types of life forms with multiple appendages and things like that i mean Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if the empire also has like a different like Like a different complex well there were several i look like on that planet that yeah and like so and and i i think maybe one of the other things if i had like to nitpick and because overall i love this show but like this is more of a problem that i've seen with disney plus shows in general that we've talked about it had a very soft ending Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying that there wasn't a lot of intensity that happens in that last episode but it just kind of ends right you know he andor meets up with uh skarsgård and we find out oh they're actually not going to kill each other and they're forging more of a a bond but then it just ends it's nice to have the i don't did you see the little after credit sequence right yeah yeah, i did yeah yeah yeah. because it's it's showing that the the facilities were building the the death star like the the inmates are building the death star stuff yeah so so that was satisfying to see but also like i'm so sick and tired of the death star Mm. like that that was probably the only way to get me a little bit excited about how it was built but i was like i don't need to see the death star again for the rest of my for the rest of my life and that's fine they don't know about it until rogue one so you're fine i think i think that's our like one reference yeah but it's just a very soft ending in a way of like like the same thing kind of happened with loki where it just kind of feels like the next episode is just going to be like the 13th episode of season one in a way. So I don't know if this is just somebody overall in charge of Disney plus kind of like tinkering with the way these season finales are going, but like just wanted something just a little bit more wrapped up. But if what you're saying is true and season two is supposed to kind of wrap up this whole story, you know, overall, but actually, well, actually now that I'm saying it as I'm talking out loud, maybe it won't because it would just kind of segue into finding what Jen, and Ur- Ursa or Ursa in um, in Rogue One, yeah. but uh, I, I have so, a feeling once I finish watching season two, I will want to watch Rogue One yeah. right away, which will be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I think to me there there are a couple of things where this this show excels and starts to crack. Uh, one thing that where it cracks is is very much three different segments of the show. Right, there's the 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 main planet the salvage planet right and marva mm-hmm. so literally they drop this whole history of like he's from canary and they just drop it like he's looking for his sister and like they just do nothing with that like at all right like they just drop his mm-hmm. whole sister plot then he's picked up randomly because he's walk- jaywalking on a beach right to go to like for prison i'm like this is very sloppy transition between um he, he did the heist or i guess he did the um yeah, it was the heist first, right? Um, and then the, the jail, yeah. like, he's picked up 
because he's walking on a beach like near people who are running i'm like this is kind of sloppy kind of like yes we need to get andor or ander if you're you're, you're listening to um what's his name Stella, Scott, Scott, sorry i said ander um to the prison but i'm like it's kind of a sloppy transitions between all three segments right the way they do it like they're just kind of like i feel like there's more here that was cut if i'm going to be completely honest i feel like they maybe had like 18 episodes and they like we got to cut this down a little bit um but like at the same time you know another character we don't we, we haven't even mentioned yet is mon mothma is a major character throughout this whole show and and her facility what they did great was cast her husband and daughter who i fucking hate their guts because <laughs> they they're acting and the writing in this i'm like how is she staying with her husband i know it was like an arranged political marriage and her daughter is just fucking terrible to her the whole time i'm like she is doing a great job acting as a, a, a i guess a political person while also trying to you know fund a rebellion and put a stop to all this stuff on the side i'm like so like i feel like there's a lot of really really good points in this the actors um the the heist characters right like um all of them were, were very interesting i'm i'm i was really sad that a uh, nimic was his name nimic the one who wrote the manifesto yeah the kid died because i'm like oh he was really good uh he and was really he has a really good I reading voice and I love the dedication to the characters as well, right? You know, the way that they were giving them little quirks, casting faces that I've seen before, you know, really yeah. fleshing them out just to kind <clears throat> of end up like axing them. Yeah. Uh, like, I was like, wow, like, thank you for doing that. Because like, it, I, it's been a while since like you kind of feel the gravity of the loss. And this was one thing that we did say about Rogue One when we reviewed it. One of the few Star Wars movies we've ever watched where it truly feels like they're in a war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody gets out clean in war, even if you're trying to do the right thing, which we see a lot with uh, the Mon Mothma and the Stellan Skarsgård side of things. So just yeah. everything was just working. I had such a good time watching this. Very yeah. gripping, very thrilling. I love the additions. And I it grew. It grew out there on Twitter. I don't know if it's necessarily getting the broad appeal that the Mandalorian's been able to do with like um, with a cute baby Yoda, which I think still has its place. Just because Andor, I love Andor now, doesn't mean you know things like the Mandalorian can't exist. I think they should. Oh, hundred percent. I think the Mandalorian in this are two entirely. It's like trying to tell me, you know, again, Thor: Love and Thunder and Black Panther are like. They are the same thing, and you you shouldn't watch them. If you've seen one, you've seen them both, right? Because they're both in Marvel. Just because these are both on Star Wars, they're not the same thing. And I feel even like older people, like right, your parent, like parents and grandparents, could get into Andor pretty easily. Uh, It's just, it's just, it, it couldn't be any clearer. And I, and I can't imagine Kathleen Kennedy isn't pondering this with the critical reception that Andor is getting get Tony Gilroy back into the Star Wars universe full time. Like I know that they've been getting everybody a movie and a trilogy, right? But let them do oh. more after season two. Like it, they're doing such a good job. I want to see mm. more of this. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I've never been so energized for Star Wars before. And I, I kind of never thought that this was going to happen again at the, at the yeah. rate that they were going. And we know what I say on this show all the time. Like to me, you can distill Star Wars down 
down to lightsabers. If I'm not seeing a lightsaber battle, why am I even watching it? I didn't nope. see nothing. Re- I didn't even see like a cameo or a hint or nope. a nod towards the existence of a Jedi. Yep. And I, I had a great time still. They, 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 didn't, they mentioned nothing of the Jedi. I think we saw maybe just a couple stormtroopers, right? Um, at the end, like not a whole lot mm-hmm. of those either. Uh, very very segmented off uh, the I, the introduction of the ISB that team the 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 office politics of the ISB was interesting the lady who mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't remember her name um, but did a really good no, job. you did you described her the perfect way Chris and I don't know if I ever responded <laughs> to your text message yeah. she looks like she's always smelling a fart and as yeah. soon as I read that I could I kind of couldn't watch the season finale without thinking about it every time they showed her but yeah. I was like yes he nailed it that's exactly yeah what it she, looks she's like. always frowning she looks like she just smelled a fart she's like I can't say anything but God it reeks <laughs> in here uh, and she does a great she does a great job everyone in that the ISB does a great job of acting like you want to hate them right uh but at mm-hmm. the same time you're like oh they're they're doing what they want the actress who played um the the robot I, you know it was something um the the mar uh the robot b b2 um, yeah i think that i think they're just kind of they're calling b like b it seems like yeah, yeah they're just calling b but like you know and and, and that, that marva uh, i think there's so many actors in this there's so many actors they're so great uh mm-hmm. i i can't really put it down i will say the actress who plays bix um the I guess the the half love interest, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. At the end, she was in. She's the actress in Morbius, um, so she's really come a long way since being in Morbius. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't realize that until I was watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a, the the chicken there. But I I agree. Like I I don't I think you know we 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 will retract our previous questions of why you need this after watching it. We now know why. I still think the first two episodes are really slow. Uh, but once you get to three and beyond, boy, it's a hell of a show. It's a, yeah, it's this, a really hell of a show. This will be a great show to binge all the way through. Chris, you know, because that's yeah. what you did. <laughs> Larry did uh, that. What are, I guess, what what's the over-under? What are the odds that we could theoretically see uh, Kenobi in the second season? I, because these are kind of the only two shows <clears throat> occupying the same time zone. I, none. I, I, and, and if, and if the, the question is there, I don't want to see him after watching this. I think keep it isolated, right? Like, Well, I, I agree. I mean, what they're doing is great. Uh, but like, I feel like I'm, I'm really starting to trust Tony Gilroy after mm-hmm. all this. And like, if, if he feels like it would be effective because, yeah. uh, if season two is supposed to take place over more time mm-hmm. than the first season did, there might be just more adventures and drops in and outs, but yeah, yeah just, oh, man, just everything. It's so, I feel so great. Yeah. So now we just, uh, we're getting more Mandalorian, which should be great. Everything's looking good Star Wars wise mm. right now, and I'm sure Bob Iger is happy to bring it full circle. Yeah. He's happy to be back with some successful Star Wars. Now maybe yeah. he can just kind of like point the, the the Marvel ship just a little bit. I'm not saying it's like going totally off course, but it seems like maybe we could like scrub a couple of the barnacles off, improve our fuel yeah. efficiency I, a little bit I, I more think, on that boat. I think Marvel will be fine, like we've talked about, you know, and, and or. Andor seems isolated from Mandalorian and Boba Fett, right? Because uh, Boba Fett was not a good, you know, thing for the Star Wars world. At the end of the day, uh, Marvel's. I think we we talked about suffered from COVID pretty pretty heavily. So I think I'm excited to see the post COVID production, right? The reaction to to this one. But I, I think you know, if I was to say anything for, for sure, I don't know if I want more. I don't want to milk Tony Gilroy for 
all of his ideas. I, I think if he can give us a really, really good season two and calls it quits, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think he just needs to set, 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 a, set a precedent saying Star Wars is not always about lightsabers and Mandalorians and, you know, the political stuff can be just as enthralling and interesting as everything else in this world. Um, because George Lucas didn't make the political stuff interesting. Tony Gilroy has made it very interesting along the way. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for more, Mike. I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll eat our crow and say we were wrong. And this was a fantastic show. So love it. All right, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just staying tuned for the next uh, addition to the Holly and the Hot Chocolate Cinematic Universe. Good God. I'll let you uh, know, everybody, when that drops. But if you want to figure out where I am, you know, boosting this movie, yeah. you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you and make sure you're not dying from the flu, where can they find you? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, baldan87, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, people know we're at the show, what we're doing, what we're um, watching, listen to. I, I don't. I guess our next review possibly would be Avatar, right? We don't have any other superhero uh-huh. movies coming up, or maybe get ready for CCXP coverage next week. Where can you get all that yeah. good stuff at? Well, all you have to do is head on over to superhero slate.com. That is the best place to find our show notes and to get our awesome upcoming release calendar. We got that over there on the website. Nice little text-based list. No pop-ups, no dumb ads uh, getting in your way. You can just get a nice little itemized list of everything that's coming out over the next couple of years. Release dates are always shifting. It gets very confusing. So that tool we made for you and for us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to. Find podcasts, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love it. When you reach out, let us know what you're mm-hmm. watching, what you're listening to. You know, uh, if you liked also Holly and the Hot Chocolate, Stop it. let me know. Stop I it. talk about it. It's amazing. I will, I will milk the end of this show as much as I want, Chris. And milk is usually a pretty good component for hot chocolate. You know, I know the package says water, but it's always better with milk. And I know you're lactose intolerant it's... sometimes, so you could use oat milk. I'm just saying there's options. But if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. We'll be here every week, folks. And that's it. That's right. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.